pregnancy just brings about a host of emotions. Um, but in the end, that, that little person is just so worth everything. Hi, everyone. I'm joined today by my good friend, Anna Johnston. She and her husband found themselves in unplanned circumstances, but tune in to find out how they found joy in the changing of plans. Welcome to the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. This is your host, Kathy Garrett, and I'm here with my good friend, Anna Johnston. Hi! Good to see you. Hi, Anna. <laughs> good to see you. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here. Yeah, so we've been friends for several years, and I remember when I was pregnant with Claire. Um, I can't remember the name that you had picked out for a, gr- a girl, but your husband, Caleb, I remember him telling me, well... <laughs> If you want to use this name, that's fine. We're done. (laughs) What was that girl's name? It was probably Aria. I think that was it because I remember thinking it was really beautiful and I just thought it was so funny that he was like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, so he got his boys and he he didn't want to have any more after that. (laughs) He just wanted boys. (laughs) Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about you and your family and what that looks like for you guys. Um, so my name is Anna Johnston. I'm 30 years old. And like I said, I have a husband, Caleb, and our two little boys, Wyatt, who is eight, and Trevor, who is six. Um, we live in Central Florida, pretty like, I don't know, just a couple miles from Kathy and Eli and the girls. And um, we love to go to the beach. And we love to go to theme parks and go fishing in the backyard. And also be in the air conditioning because it's very hot right now. It's June. (laughs) It's extremely hot here in Florida, definitely. Uh, Let's talk about what entering motherhood looked like for you and Caleb. Okay. So parenthood for us um, started a little earlier than we were expecting. We got engaged at 19, super young and very fast. Um, I was not pregnant before we got married, but we did only have a three month engagement (laughs) just because we were just really excited to get married and live a life together. Mm -hmm. Um, so about five months after we got married, um, I actually stopped taking birth control because I thought it, it was giving me just hormonal issues. I wasn't comfortable with what it was doing to my body. Um, but I thought, Oh, there's other methods, there's other things you can do. And there is other things you can do. But for whatever reason, um, it was in God's plan that right around that time, I conceived our first son, Wyatt. Um, So I was in my last semester of school to be an x-ray tech. I went to radiography school and I had a job lined up um, and everything. Uh, But I found myself in an emergency room with food poisoning and the doctors, you know, as a a woman of childbearing years, they always come in and ask, Mrs. Johnston, is there any chance you could be pregnant? And because I knew I had stopped taking birth control, I said, well, yes. And he said, because you are, you're pregnant. And um, for most people, that's like a really joyous moment. And I'm not saying, you know, I look back on it now with joy because I have my son. But at the moment, we weren't exactly happy about it. In fact, my husband Instead, rather than having tears of joy, he had tears of anger, um, which made it even a little harder on me because I, I always thought that when I became pregnant, I was going to be excited for it, that it was going to be like, yeah, this joyous moment of I'm pregnant. 
but we had been hoping, you know, we had five years together, five years or more together um, before bringing a child into it. And like I said, we were only 20. We were so, so immature. I had just gotten a tattoo also. And so I was freaking out like, oh my gosh, I got a tattoo. Like, you know, you, you behave like you're not pregnant until you find out you're pregnant. And then you think, oh my goodness, did I like already hurt the baby? So it was, um, it was a little bit difficult for my husband to adjust. And that made it even harder for me to adjust to the idea of uh, having a baby at that time. Um, but honestly, for me, like, I, I do feel like maternal instinct kicked in right away. I just knew like, this is, mm-hmm. this is not a good time. This is really inconvenient. But oh my goodness, I'm a mom. Like, I, I have a baby. And um, somebody is already depending on me. Um, and if any of you have ever had an x-ray before, you'll know that they always check to make sure if you're pregnant before having certain types of x-rays, just in case. Um, so working in the field, there is a, a slight elevated risk to the fetus if you're you know, working around radiation, but totally pregnant women can be x-ray techs. It's totally fine. It's just, you have to take extra precautions. Um, mm-hmm. so that was a little bit tricky. Uh, fast forward though, when we finally found out he was a boy, my husband was a little more, he like accepted it a little bit better because he was like, well, okay, at least if I'm going to have a baby, I'm going to have a son. Um, but it was difficult because he didn't want to, he didn't, you know, he wouldn't just put his hand on my belly. Um, I would have to ask him like, do you want to feel the baby kicking? He kind of, kind of went on about life as if, as if I wasn't pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. That I, I graduated from college, you know, I was still able to graduate and I, I could have still had the job, you know, the, the hospital that had hired me, they didn't say, oh, now you're pregnant, you can't have a job. But I decided I wanted to invest all of that time at home with the baby. I just knew that I wasn't going to want to leave him at the time. That didn't mean mm-hmm. I was never going to work in the field, although I haven't yet. <laughs> Um, it just meant that at that time, I, I knew I wasn't going to be ready. And maybe that made it a little bit harder for my husband, too, because he knew financially, you know, I wasn't going to be also bringing in that income. Um, at the time, he yeah. was an airman in the Air Force. So that's just, it's just not the biggest, like, it's its not the biggest moneymaker, I guess, for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, but uh, as, as things progressed, uh, the day I went into labor with Wyatt, um, everything went perfectly smooth and for a beautiful first, full, excuse me, full circle moment, um, the second he was born and they put him in my husband's hands, I saw my husband, my husband doesn't cry very often. I saw my husband crying real tears of joy um, because that was the moment it became real to him. Um, for, yes. I think this can happen with a lot of men. Um they're not feeling the things that we're feeling when we're pregnant. They can't feel the baby kicking or having its hiccups or um, Mm -hmm. any of those things. But then the moment he looked at him and oh my goodness, he looks just like my husband. Um, He does. No, I remember my dad picking him up and going, wow, no one could ever question whose son this is. (laughs) And um, (laughs) um, yeah, from that moment he held him. um, I mean, I've never questioned his love for Wyatt since you know, their bond. Mm-hmm. And, and even when I tell the story, like my husband, he's okay with it. He knows that I, I share this, um, but he, it makes him sad because he thinks, man, how could I have ever, you know, not been excited for Wyatt to be coming, but 
it is just an unexpected pregnancy just brings about a host of emotions. Um, but in the end, that, that little person is just so worth everything. And gosh, Wyatt and my husband are the best of friends. They absolutely love each other. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind of happened with Claire. We had wanted to wait a few years, um, before having a baby. I'm four years older than Eli. So I was okay with having a baby right away, but Eli wanted to wait a little bit longer. And I agree. I think for dads, I don't know if it's first time dads or necessarily an unexpected pregnancy that, you know, they don't feel that immediate bond. Mm. And I mean, literally the first time I saw Claire on the ultrasound, I'm like, this is amazing. You know, hear her heartbeat, all the things. And, um, for him, it didn't really become real until he held her. And because I remember when I was pregnant, I would ask him, you know, do you want to sing to her? Do you want to talk to her? You know, she can hear you. Do you want to start creating that bond? And for him, he was just like, no, thank you. He did it a little little bit more with my second pregnancy with Chloe Ann. So I, I don't know. Was it a little different for Caleb the second go around? You know what? I would say it was similar to Eli, like you said. Um, because we, we did plan to have Trevor actually. So once we had had Wyatt and Caleb adjusted to like, okay, this is just it now. Now we're just young parents. He said, let's go ahead and have the next one and then be done. <laughs> that like we yeah. had them, you know, and then, you know, that we've had them. So we actually planned for Trevor. Um, in fact, when I found out I was pregnant with him, I was getting ready to go to my parents' house. So I thought, I'm going to tell my parents. I can't keep a secret for the life of me. I'm going to tell my parents. And so uh, my husband was at work, and I was like, I thought, I have to tell Caleb before I tell mom and dad, or he'll be so upset. So I called him, and I was like, hey, I uh, just want to let you know we're pregnant. And he goes, all right, cool. See you when I get home. I'm like, all right, see you when I get home. <laughs> so um, totally different than from the first time around. But, yes, during the pregnancy, too, like, he wasn't – I don't know – I some men are just different he was not like okay let me touch the baby all the time all these things but he was much more like agreeable about the whole thing like much more willing to talk about hey what's life gonna look like when we have two children versus just one and he was able to daydream with me about what our life was gonna be like after this baby came so that that was nice yeah yeah I agree for the second time around we actually like had the conversation like okay, I think, you know, Claire's almost two. We're kind of ready to have a second. And that was healing for my heart since Claire was unexpected. I always felt this twinge Mm. of guilt since I was the one who wanted kids right away. And that was healing for my heart to say, to actually have the conversation. Although when we had the conversation, I was already pregnant. So it was kind of a moot. Yes. It was kind of a moot point, but it was still a good thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny timing like that and how God opens those doors. It, it, Did you yeah. know that you were pregnant already when you had that conversation? I had a suspicion because I was starting like a little bit with the nausea mm. and things like that. And like like you, I, I think both times, yes, both times I found out I was pregnant, I was going in for a medical procedure, um, an MRI, and they were like, well, could you be pregnant? And I was like, well, there's the chance. Yeah. Um, and so I went home and took a pregnancy test both times and lo and behold, behold. both were positive. Wow. There's nothing like that moment though. See, like seeing that positive 
Well, and with Claire, I took the I took the test at like four weeks, so obviously I was really mm-hmm. early. And so it at first I thought it was negative. Mm. So then the next, you know, I read online like how what is it? Your HGC mm-hmm. levels are highest in the morning. So the next morning I took a, another test and it was positive. Yeah. But then I went back and it was a faint positive. So I, it was positive the first day. I just didn't yes. know. Yep, that can happen when you when you take them really early. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So that's exciting. Wow. Well, what do you love most about yourself after having children? You know, I love that I have this privilege of teaching my children in in my values, basically. You know, I, I this might come across as kind of weird, but to an extent, we're all trying to. Um, indoctrinate our children. The, the word indoctrinate sounds bad, but I mean, I'm trying to, um, you know, surround them with what I feel is best for them and for human flourishing. And it's mm-hmm. such an honor and a privilege for me to, to know that God gave them to me to take care of. No one else is their mother but me. And so the huge responsibility of that is such like a beautiful challenge. Um, and, and such an encouragement to me to, you know, keep on with, with my faith personally um, and to be able to instill mm-hmm. that into them. I do also love being a boy mom. I know that we don't get to choose like, you know, if you don't get to choose if you're going to have a girl or if you're going to have a boy, God gave me two boys and I love that. I love that I get to be the only woman in the house. Even the dog is a boy. <laughs> um, and so they treat me like their little queen. It's, it's so sweet. Um, and so, yeah, I, I love that privilege to just be able to uh, raise up the next generation, to know I have a small part in raising the next generation. You know, for moms, we're not just, you know, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And so sometimes people are like, okay, well, that's not a real job. But most people are very encouraging about that, that um, one of the most important things we can do is is teach children to grow up to be good humans, you know, and so mm-hmm. God willing, I hope that, um, that I'm teaching them to grow up to be good humans. Um, I have, a, as a homeschool mom too, I have a lot of opportunities to teach them, uh, you know, about current events from, you know, kind of from a, a perspective that I would want them to hear it from history, you know, what I know about history. And even as I'm learning more about history, um, to be able to teach them mm-hmm. and raise them in these things and know that I'm providing, um, yeah, God willing, the best information that I can to them. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, first, can we say stay-at-home mom is 100% yeah, a job? Yeah, 100%. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Like, it's the best, in my opinion, the best job in the world, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. And two, I wonder if Eli, <laughs> because you said in your email that you feel like the queen of your house, I wonder if Eli feels like he gets pampered at all as the only male in our house. I highly doubt it. Also, I wanted to talk about you had said that you've been given this gift from the Lord to be Trevor and Wyatt's mom and raise them up. Um, And I think in our season, it's been such a privilege. I unfortunately don't have as much time with my children as I would like, but I just look at the way that Mm. our community has surrounded us. Mm. We have all of these kind of quote unquote pseudomamas stepping up and loving our children well and supporting us. Absolutely. Yeah. I I love it. That is by God's design, you know, that you are part of his design for the body of Christ and, um, 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So our next question is, what is the best uh, parenting tip or pregnancy advice that you got? And actually, your husband gave me this advice when I was pregnant for the first time. Oh, my gosh. Of course he did. Yes, because he loves it. Um, because, yes, this, is, this was such a benefit to both of us. Um, and now it's not always 100% practical, but this is just the general guideline that we like to abide by in our home. It's worked out really well for us. And that is um, early bedtime. When I was pregnant, it was my sister actually who told me, Anna, I'm telling you early bedtimes will make your life so much easier. And I think that helped us too, given that, you know, we really wanted years to get to know each other before we were just so busy with kids that we got lost in our children and we didn't get to know each other as a couple. And so, yeah, so from the time that they were babies, obviously you put a baby to bed early. Um, I mean, you know, when they were newborns, I think we started bedtime at six o'clock and then, you know, they'd have a feeding and so on. As they've gotten older, we push that bedtime back some. But right now, I mean, they go to bed around 730 and they're six and eight years old. Now, that doesn't mean they go to sleep at 630. Um, what we let them do is they can do whatever they want in their rooms. They can listen to audiobooks, read books, puzzles, play games. They even allowed to play with each other as long as they're not fighting. Um, till about nine or nine thirty, but for that those two hours, um, my husband and I have that time together, and so and my kids don't know any different because we started from the time that they were little, and it's a good winding down time for them as well to get used to like okay we're it's bedtime now, um, and I love that because now my husband and I get to spend those hours together um, that you know whereas we're not you know completely caught up. In, in the children. I mean, we love them, obviously, and we spend a lot of time with them. But um, yeah, I just, I'm so glad that we started that early bedtime routine so that we can have that time together. And the kids have benefited, you know, and kids need sleep too. It's good for them. <laughs> yeah. So this was Caleb's advice to me too. And we've done kind of the same time or the same thing. Our kids go to bed at seven and it's worked out really well for us. Now, Chloe's only two, so she needs a little bit more sleep yeah. than Claire does. So sometimes we have to go in there by 8 or 8.30 and tell them, like, okay, you've got to stop playing. You've got to get mm -hmm. in bed and go to sleep. And even yesterday, they were at Universal and didn't get home till 10.30, and I was already in bed. I'm, a, I'm an early-to-bed, early-riser person. And I actually missed mm -hmm. Eli. I mean, I missed the girls too, but it was like, you know, we're so used to having that time in the evening to connect. And because, you know, you get up in the morning um, and you say, okay, have a great day, honey. See you later. And then like, you may not talk all day long or shoot a text here or there. And then, you know, that evening chunk is where you're really able to learn about your partner and mm -hmm. hear their heart. And um, our friend Crystal shared with me once that she has heard for a marriage to be healthy, it needs 17 hours of one-on-one -on -one time a week. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, 17 wow. sounds like a lot. Like, I don't know what these people are doing. Like, are they not sleeping? Are they not working full time? But yeah, I mean, we try to do at least two hours a day. But if you do do two hours a day, I mean, that's almost 14 that's hours. That's true. That's true. Give or take. As yeah. Much as, yeah. So then... Yeah. As much as we can put in, yeah, I think so worth it, definitely. I agree. 
Because I think also I notice when my marriage is in a more healthy state, my mm-hmm. my kids feed off of that. And, you know, if Eli and I are not getting along one day, the girls are super – and I even remember mm-hmm. feeling this as a child, like, oh, my goodness, mom and dad are going to get divorced. They have not. My parents have been married yeah. over 30 years. But you just think, yeah. like, oh, what's going to happen? And you just don't know. And, yeah, pouring into your spouse is important in – uh, pregnancy and parenthood as well. You know what? Yeah, if I can add on to the the parenting advice thing too, um, because it, it has to do with what you just said. My mom also told me um, to make sure that my marriage was a priority once mm-hmm. we had children. Still, um, for that very reason, because um, you're for the sake of your children, having a healthy marriage is so important. Your children Absolutely. will thrive um, so much more from that, and we just know that too from statistical things, you know, data. Um, yes. So I do, I credit my mom for that too. Always teaching me to, um, prioritize my husband, um, and, and our relationship together. Yeah. That's wonderful. So last question, what is bringing you joy in this season? Mm, Okay. So one of my favorite things to do in the season right now, because my kids are a little bit older, they have graduated from, you know, the books like Good night, moon. And uh, <laughs> they let us read, or let us, they, he, they love it when I read Harry Potter to them. So we just started the Harry Potter series with them. They're a little young for some of the later books, but we're on book three right now. I got this great, like, illustrated books, and I read a chapter with them every couple of days, um, especially over the summer. And I, I love doing that. I get to sit on the couch with them. My mom used to do it with me when we were growing up. She would read aloud to us. And so now like I have one on one side and the other on the other side and we put a blanket on. And then if, if we are so lucky to have a thunderstorm at the same time, it's like bliss. It's the best thing, you know, a thunderstorm and reading Harry Potter out loud to your kids. That's probably one of my favorite things in the world. Wow. Yeah. That's so sweet. Well, thank you again, Anna. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me come on and share a little bit about my story, what it was like to become a mom, you know, at a super young age. Well, to me, it felt super young. I know there have been younger moms, but 20 felt really young at the time. And um, yeah, I hope that that brings some encouragement to other moms, you know, young moms out there. And Mm -hmm. if I can say one more thing, Kathy, is that it, it does get easier as the kids get older and they get more independent, you have different challenges, but it does get easier. It really yeah. does. And each, each new stage you'll find, wow, I love this about this stage. And then the next stage will come mm-hmm. and you'll go, wow, I love that, but I love this about this stage. So, yeah. Yeah. And my kids are what, four, four ish years younger, yeah. but I have even felt that. I mean, now like Coco can go in her bedroom and get her own diapers so I don't have to walk in there and grab it like that's a game changer yes oh Kathy wait until they buckle themselves in the car by themselves when your Claire kids, already does yeah when, when your kids are both buckling their seatbelts on their own life life has just changed <laughs> yeah. yeah well I look forward to the day yeah well thank you everyone for joining us today this is your host Kathy Garrett and you've been listening to the Twinkie Chronicles podcast where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. Bye-bye everyone. Mm-hmm.